is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, author, feng shui consultant, and Akashic healer. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and inner child healing teacher. And this is a podcast about using magic and energy work as we bravely embrace the full range of the human experience. Yes, we do it. That's what we do here. Yeah, and we hope you had a wonderful equinox. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mabin or or Ostara, whatever the case may be. Yeah. When was that? (laughs) Yesterday. I mean, for us, it's Sunday. For our listeners, it's yesterday. (laughs) We hope you do. When was that? (laughs) That happened for you. Um, How's it going? So you've been gone we didn't have our regular episode last week, so we didn't pick cards. I did write the energy report for Magic. No, not for Magic Money, for Mind, Body, Green. Oh, right. But, um, and it has been proven to be true for myself. Oh, what? Well, can you tell me? I didn't see it. I've yeah, been yeah. really, like, not even looking at social media or anything, which has been really great. But uh, anyway, yeah. what? <laughs> well, that's interesting because I have felt really like I don't want to go on Instagram. I did for Magic Monday, and I did a couple times, I guess. But, um, yeah, I've been really feeling that, too. And I feel kind of like it's maybe what's happened. Maybe it's just a wave right now. But it feels like there's less social media. Yeah. And I think that uh, Instagram and Facebook, that it seems to me like there's some energy there that magical people are picking up on. Like, "Mm, this isn't feeling great. Yeah. 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 So maybe this is a good time to say if you want to – um, interact with us outside of here. Our newsletter is a great place to do that. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. If we're not going on there on the social meds. So anyway, the energy, what I was feeling into last week was actually a lot of heaviness at first, like kind of coming at us. And then this feeling of like, oh, I could dive under it and find my own sense of personal freedom. And and then even more, there's even more momentum moving. And I think that's what I think that Aries season is aligning with that. Um, But anyway, that was last week. And I had so like it was very aligned with Mm, what I was going on. Well, I had this amazing inner child um, session with myself <laughs> where I, um, well, I did also actually just remembering, um, I go to therapy, like, I don't know, whenever I feel like it, which is turning out to be maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but this part is, um, I, anyway, I basically, what happened was that my inner child, I interacted with it because of something that happened. I don't even remember. And I was feeling tense, like, oh God, I have this. And now I'm remembering, I have to like, please certain people like perform in a certain way and I have to feel safe. And the reason why I saw underneath it was because I had a part of me that felt defective and I actually saw it as like a defective machine. Like half of my inner child was this sweet little girl and half was a machine that was like all the wires were hanging out and she was trying to hide it from everybody because she felt, I know it's so sad because she felt defective and, um, well, the interesting thing was when I connected to her, she felt safe with me. She's like, yeah, okay, good. I feel safe with you. But then the defective machine part came out and it was just completely looking for like hypervigilance, basically. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I trust you. You're safe. But the world is definitely not right. safe and I'm terrified of it and I have to look for that. So 
Um, what I saw, what I did was I was like, this is actually a really good if anybody's doing this kind of inner child work. Good thing to know is the lesson was not, um, like, okay, now I have to fix this. How am I going to fix this? Because that's what I was like trying to do. And it's so funny when I tell other people and then when you're doing it yourself, it's like you forget it. You know what I mean? So my therapist <laughs> yeah. actually was like, well, what if you just gave it empathy? And like, yeah, it sucks to be hypervigilant. Like I had, yeah. oh, I also had kicked my mom out again. I was like, no, you can't be in here. And she really wasn't that much, but she, my part inner child thought it was she was so then I was like you have to go and then I was like but what am I going to do and he's like you know you don't fix it you you just gotta let her know yeah it sucks to feel this way and I was like oh yeah that's right and so so it really is interesting to me and he was laughing about that too he's like yep I relate to this like I tell other people this but then when you're doing it with yourself like it's like oh right that's right so that's why we need people to hold space it's not because some people are superior it's because we need support oh my god that's another lesson from this week is that the messenger it doesn't matter who the messenger is like Mm -hmm. it's just the information the messenger isn't you're right isn't the superior person like I never feel superior when I'm it's just like oh Mm -hmm. I can see this because I'm outside of you and yeah and because I've learned this way of helping support you and and seeing yeah but also because I'm not in you like when yeah oh yeah (laughs) totally yes exactly um especially as an someone who looks at people's energy I'm very much outside of there's like I can see like the 3d like the whole energy field you know so then I get but with myself I'm in my own body so anyway I so I just was like oh yeah so I just connected with her through like you're yeah it sucks to feel hypervigilant your whole life like that was a fucking intense environment and she real it was like oh all right okay like this part was like yeah 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 it was yeah like was like softening and then the most fucking magical thing I went out just to Target to go shopping and I noticed that I was feeling like oh I can I don't feel afraid of everybody Oh. Like, I didn't even know I had been afraid of yeah. everybody before. I was like, I'm a person in the world. I'm not afraid of everybody. But all right. of a sudden, I was like, oh, hey, I'm looking over at this person. And I am I realized before that, I would have, like, quickly looked away. Yeah. Because I don't want to. And in my mind, I would have said, oh, I don't want to get in their space. But really, it's because I was afraid. I was hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's just that's like, a, oh, that there's is a person. Oh, hi, person. Like the work we do, I love when stuff like that happens because yes. that's like what we do is we are like aware that there may be things like that that you don't, you can't even, yes. how could you identify that if you've been like that your whole life? And you, you have know? a part, like especially like my, I have a protective inner child part that's like, oh no, this is totally normal that you would do that. Uh-huh. It's respectful to give people space. This is called boundaries. Yeah. But actually it's like, I'm not invading anyone's boundaries by looking at them like it's not like I'm staring at them and like just you know like taking them apart I'm just like oh yeah it was wild like I went to the gas station a car pulled up I'm like I am just looking at this car and this person coming (laughs) out of here and Uh, I'm not turning away yeah got more openness and trust in the world that's so beautiful I love that I do too I hate to keep talking because I want to hear about you but I do want to say one thing before I forget which is, you know, um, the war 
is terrible and uh, so awful. And yeah. um, so I've been continuing to not look at the news aside from just being aware of what's happening because that's yeah. what I need to protect my energy. But what I want to say is because I've seen more, I've seen three people this week who literally had portals open in the back of their aura going like in, in your work sorry yes i just want to clarify Thank for you. our listeners yeah i've seen clients not at target no 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 no. i don't look at people this is i do have good boundaries when i look at somebody at the gas station i'm not looking into their portals okay so yeah as a client i saw three people who in various ways had portals open like this one client was I was like she was like the war is so upsetting to you know like she couldn't stop thinking about it. and I was like well I'm seeing this image of you and I started describing this whole thing she's like you're describing exactly my mother's experience in the first world war like oh. exactly I was like oh and then I saw that she was going into her this client of mine was oh. going into her mother's experience to try to help her because she felt helpless in wow. present day. And I was like, whoa, okay, close up the portal. Next person I saw in a different way was going, yeah. it opened a portal and was going back into this other time period, in a, like trying to help. So the reason I'm bringing this up is if you are feeling like, oh God, like really open about the war, it's okay. In fact, it's necessary to close those portals. So uh. you can even just intend, okay, my aura is completely shut like not in a bad way but just I have boundaries around my aura I'm in present time say hello to yourself in present time imagine a cord going from the base of your spine to the center of the earth that's your grounding cord say hello to the present in that and fill up with light because um then you will know you won't feel drained you'll feel like okay I know what I need to do or I know that I just that could just be sending light and love but or, you know, whatever you can, there's not a lot we can do. That's the problem. Like, but if you can do something, you know, you can donate if you can. But the most important thing is to send light to that area. I really believe that is important. And to yourself and saying hello to the present. Okay. But also it sounds like what, when you were saying that I was seeing that when we do close those portals, then we have the opportunity for some ancestral healing because we Mm. have so much trauma, collective trauma around war. Yeah. And and she was, yes, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So she was trying to solve that by going through to the, but it wasn't helping. Right. So you can't help instead of, yeah, healing it. Yeah, and I know, or just at mm. least like being feeling safer, and like you don't have to go into it. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I was able to help her with that ancestral healing. I don't know how you would do that on your own, aside from imagining it. And anyway, that that's a whole thing. But just be in the present. That's the best thing, and fill up with light. Okay. Well, and also, I mean, I think that holding compassion too, like you did yes. for your inner child, like, oh, yeah, like, but if you can hold your space where you're not in a war personally, and then ignore, like, if you do want to, like, kind of send love to your ancestors yeah. from that space. That's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's very good. And light, or if you did have ancestors in the war, maybe build a little ancestral altar for them and I mean, light I a candle. I think we all have day. had ancestors in some war at yeah. some point. That's yeah. true. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, an ancestral altar right now, actually, now that you're saying that, would be yeah. really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is an interesting segue into my story because oh, yeah. I had an ancestral healing weekend so oh. last weekend my um my brother and my cousins on my mom's side and I rented a house in Half Moon Bay in California which is where my our grandfather my maternal grandfather papa we all call him papa he had a farm a flower farm mm. he had a he grew heather and we went to see it. They let us in. The people, it's an oh, organic wow. farm now. And they let us hike. We walked up and looked at the oh. ocean. There's like a stream. And there were wild heather trees growing. Whoa. Trees. Like there are tons of them. And they grow into tall trees we didn't even know. We looked it up and found that wow. after 15 years in the wild, they turn in, they get woody. Whoa. But they were big. Did you take a picture? Yeah, we took many pictures. Oh, I want to see a picture of these trees. Oh, I uh, have to see if Kelly took pictures because I was kind of like not taking personally that many pictures. Like my cousins and my brother took pictures because yeah. I just was like, I really was like, I just want to live my life and not document it or mm, <laughs> be on yeah. social media. So I did do a few, but mostly I didn't. But I'm sure someone took pictures of that. Yeah, I want to see those trees. Yeah, but we also talked about... Papa, who was in World War II and was traumatized mm. by it, like actually had a nervous breakdown oh, during it. Wow. And um, so there was that piece. And then talking about the just we all kind of talked about our moms and their whole deal mm. and how that may have been related to Papa and mm. our grandma Dean. Um, but it was so beautiful. And then and then I did my brother. He's just so intuitive. Mm. And he was like, we took a long road trip from Long Beach up to Northern California and then back. And he was like tapping into some stuff that was making me cry and realize mm. some stuff. Like he was like, I feel like he, he helped me to see that I had this limiting belief. I, f I feel like I might start crying. I hope mm -hmm. I don't. Oh, wow. About that I shouldn't have been born. Oh, oh my God. This is another <laughs> fucking theme. Is it? Yes. Well, I did do a Kasha clearing on it, and it, but it was like, whoa, because it was like, it was my anger at my parents. Like, you guys really, you should not oh, have had kids. Yeah. And then that made me feel like I couldn't just be like grateful for my life because I had to hold on to this feeling of like, no, no, you guys shouldn't have done that. So it's wrong. But OK, I'll make the best of it, yeah. <laughs> which is like, but why? Because it's so beautiful. Like my and Aaron was like, you have such a beautiful life and a beautiful story. And I'm really glad you were born. And I just really don't want you to hold on to that belief anymore. That's so nice. I know. Oh, and I was just cry. crying. Oh, <laughs> I'm crying. I know. That's so nice that he said that. I know. Um, that reminds me of the Adam Project, this movie. Oh, you have I was wondering if there was a connection because you texted me and I was like, mm, I kind of felt like it was part of that uh, same wave of energy of those realizations I was having. Oh, my God. You have to. Everybody has to watch this movie. I am not a big crier as I have said before, but I was bawling at the end. I mean, I think Aww. that my version of ball, yeah, I was bawling. I was crying, like, yeah, yeah. And every time I think of it, 
I start crying. Like, like I feel <laughs> like, oh my God, like I have to see it again. Just the very last scene. I kind, I almost want to say I won't, but I almost want to just because it's not really a spoiler. It's like it's because the it's just the connection. The whole plot is that he goes back in time to his twelve-year-old self, Ugh. and like they are a pair together, and he's like really kind of mean to his twelve, very Aww. like rude, and he's like you're such an idiot, like stuff Aww. like that. Oh my god! But the the whole and the whole point is not there. I mean, the whole point is the relationship is not a spoiler. But I still feel like maybe I shouldn't say it just in case. But oh my god! And yeah, so it just reminds me of that, and that's really. And it, I I mean, I'll talk about in the energy report how that's a theme too with what you just said. But that's pretty big. So are, were you able to feel it on a like real deep level? that yeah that's what was that I mean that was part of I mean I've been thinking about it a lot I was telling Ted I made up a quote that didn't exist I was like Mm. you know how the Dalai Lama said and then he didn't say this but (laughs) I think he said something like this but but I've been thinking about it because what I said seems more appropriate yeah and it was um Holding on to anger is like lighting yourself on fire and hoping the other person gets burned. Oh, well, it's drinking poison. Drinking. Yeah, I did look it up and I yeah. was like, oh, that, that was it. But it was it's similar. The same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, of course, feel your anger. But if I'm just hold, if I have those things coupled, like you guys shouldn't have had kids. So I can, I'm not ne- like in order to punish you, I'm never going to feel like I should have been born. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, this exactly. is not helping. <laughs> yeah. But that part really, it's funny you're laughing because that part, like, <laughs> It sounds like your inner child really needs to have like a real sit down with you. And yeah, I did do a Kaju clearing on it and and I've just been feeling it and looking at it. But it does feel like like part of me wants to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. But I can see that it doesn't make sense. That's know? why I'm saying that part that wants to hold on to it. You should have a conversation with her. See, between you and Aaron, you guys just won't <laughs> let me. You won't leave me alone. <laughs> That's right. Well, I feel the same way. I'm glad you were born, and I want you to feel it. Like, it's really, I have a lot of empathy for that little test. That's yeah. like, I shouldn't have been, like, she really wants to look in your eyes and have a combo with you and, like, have you, like, really know that she deserved to be born. Yeah. The the other thing, and not to negate your experience whatsoever, because like, I, yeah, because I don't feel that way. But this actually came up for me. Um, I've been doing a lot of inner work. I did a trade with somebody who does what I do, and she was like, it was funny because she was like, it had something to do with my mom, and be I was like, yeah, well that happened because of what she, this you know what she did. She created this thing, and she's like, yeah, but. You came into this lifetime wanting to heal that because you already right. had those pictures from this puritanical lifetime that I had. And so it's like, but it was funny because my mom and I was like feeling kind of negated by her when she said that because uh, uh-huh, I was uh-huh. like, yeah, OK, fine, sure. But this <laughs> happened. Right. You know, right. and it was funny because my mom actually came in who is dead in case people don't know. And she was like, she said to my friend, um, I was ch- I was very challenging. I was challenging, very challenging. So that you were no, she oh, was that saying that about herself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so she was even coming in to validate, like, hey, okay, yeah, that may be true, but like, I so that made me feel better. I was like, thank you, well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that too, like of 
because I, I, it's interesting, like uniting the the old kind of spiritual bypassy things, the truths that are in them. Like because what I mean mm. is how that thing of like, well, but I did learn something from that childhood, and yeah. that, and there may have been a karmic, some kind of karmic yes. purpose for it being exactly like it was. Like, yeah, I believe the, that. But it's like when you use that to be like, so that's why I don't oh, have any yeah, bad right. feelings no, about it. No, it's exactly. like we just have to find the place where we can be like, yeah, I feel the righteous anger. Like I didn't deserve that. That wasn't okay. Yes. And like it also, there may be also a truth and even a way of being empowered by being like, well, you know, I can transmute that and I prob- I may have wanted on some level to learn that. I don't know. It's it's. Yeah. I believe it, but yeah, really look at that stuff right now in the new age is like that the subtlety of like those can both be true. Yes, yes, yes. Because I do believe that like I really wanted to clear that stuff out, and that's why. Although it was funny because Laura, my friend, was like, "Um, "You didn't know it would be that hard. Like you didn't expect it would be that hard." So. You know, but yeah, also, I don't feel ever comfortable saying that to somebody else because it's like it does negate their experience. Just like when she said it to me, I felt negated. But when I look at it myself and I'm comforting that inner child part, then I'm like, okay, she feels better. Now I can look at this and notice how I may have chosen this because I want to clear this stuff out but it is important to do it in a way that feels empowering and not disempowering like oh god I chose it anyway it doesn't matter what she did because I had gone through this before you know that's not helpful that Mm -hmm. doesn't help you grow that makes you shut down yeah or I mean it can also be like that karmic like somehow I must have deserved yes so no it's like we have to be able to yeah because it then there is a way that I can feel that it will be empowering to yes yeah yeah I already do because it makes me feel like it actually makes me feel empowered because um I feel like um how much it just left my brain it's so funny but it did make me feel empowered oh it just helped me tap into emotionally this bigger picture it made my mom actually feel less powerful because it's like Mm -hmm. oh she's just kind of a pawn in the game (laughs) like a part of the thing and like she actually wasn't that powerful I just needed her to learn this thing so in that all part of one consciousness like I've even remembered a past life where I was my mom's mom and I was not a great mom oh see yes exactly yeah it doesn't mean I deserve it it just me it just puts it it in this perspective (laughs) 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 she didn't deserve it I didn't deserve it but then on like another level it's like this is what this is what we're all going through together in this human experience for whatever reason yeah and it really is important to validate yourself because if and anything that feels like disempower is it disempowering unempowering whichever disempowering I don't know if that's a real word or if that's just a new age word oh okay it's definitely disempowering there would be other reasons for that word um but if it's like (laughs) disempowering I feel like that is actually a calling from your whatever your soul your higher self to be like no that's not the right path for you to be looking at right now Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like if go towards what feels validating, that's your path to growth. Yeah. And, and also, I think definitely feeling the feelings, noticing oh, when yeah. you're trying that's to part of the path. 
Because yeah. I feel like I did used to use those stories to spiritually bypass. Like, yeah. Oh, that's what I chose. I chose that. So. Yeah. No, no. feelings there. <laughs> yeah. Better not explore that. <laughs> There's to no see point. Here. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So we do have a guest today. Excited to talk to her. Emma Catherine. Yeah. Ooh. Me too. Um, I'm going to. Yeah. I was going to say something, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell her when we get to her. Um, so, but in the meantime, a couple of things I want to say is my inner child class starts in three weeks and enrollment will be in about two and a half weeks. So if you want to get on the waiting list now, you'll be the first to know. And there's a little early bird discount there. And also I have a free masterclass on boundaries. So if you sign up for the wait list, you get that. And I think it's pretty helpful. So you can go to highestlighthealing.com and get on there. Um, yeah. And oh, I also want to say that friend of the show and friend of myself, <laughs> Britton LaRue, <laughs> uh, amazing astrologer, is um, doing, is having this amazing workshop. Have I said amazing too many times? I'm going to come up with a new word. Uh, profound, transformative workshop. I do believe that. It's called The Magician's Table, and it's a workshop circle for emerging readers. It's a three-month container for personal growth, community connection, and practice growing one's tools as an intuitive and magical practitioner. Um, <clears throat> so there are weekly 90-minute meetups, uh, weekly partner readings, and a learning curriculum rooted in the elements and the signs and planets as teachers. Um, and so it's, yeah, so it's basically like, if you feel like maybe I want to do that, like whatever it is, could be any kind of magical practice. Do I want to do this? Maybe I could. This is, a, this is such a great class for that. And um. Britain is just really good at bringing together a really supportive, loving environment and a magical environment. So I highly recommend it. Um, and you can just go to BrittonLaRue.com. And it's open until, <clears throat> excuse me, enrollment closes March 25th. So you have Coming a few up. days. Yep. Okie dokes. Do you want to say something? Yes, I would. And I would like to mention that I have a, uh, oh, that I am offering Akasha Clearing and Feng Shui over Zoom. So if you would like to sign up or to um, schedule either of those, go to TessWhitehurst.com and click on Akasha Clearing or Feng Shui or go to the shop and click on sessions and you can learn about those. I'm really having a lot of fun with them. They're so neat and transformational. Mm. And uh, and we would love for you to give us a call and ask us a question. Oh, yeah. Our number is 828-333-7181. Okay, I'm going to say it this time. I just like okay. felt like saying all three. 828. Sorry, 828-333-7181. Yeah, if the first one didn't get you, the second one will. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we love these calls. Yeah, give us a call, ask us a question, and we would also really appreciate it if you haven't yet, if you would write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those of you who have already reviewed us, thank you so much. Yeah, thank and you. if you haven't, just, you know what? We would really just love it if you would. We just really take a minute. Would. It helps people find us. It helps us get out there in the world, and especially because we're not on Spotify anymore. It's just really helpful. Yeah. 
Um, okay. And oh, I do want to just also say that um, next week is our question only. Uh, not question only. I take that back. But we do questions. answer questions. Yeah. Um, so also, if you want to ask us a question and not call us a question, just go to magicmondaypodcast.com and click ask a question or email us um, at magicmondaypodcast at gmail.com. And we yeah, love to answer it. And that's also where you can sign up for our newsletter. So go to magicmondaypodcast.com and then click on subscribe. That's where you can see our newsletter sign up. Yeah. Okay. So now we are going to speak with Emma Catherine. Emma Catherine is a witch and OB woman who lives in Robin Hood County in the UK. She is the author of Reclaiming Ourselves, Reclaiming Food, and her latest book, Witch Life. Here's that interview with Emma. Okay, Emma, we are so excited to have you here. And I just wanted to start off by saying that if I seem like I don't know much about your book, it's only because my 15 year old took it from me very quickly, (laughs) put it in their backpack and they take it with them to school every day. And I was like, I have to get that book back. (laughs) And they were like, but I'm writing all my spells down. I'm writing the spells down onto my (laughs) book and I can't give it to you. And it's like, anyway, it is such a great, I mean, they love it. And I love it. And it's such a great, I mean, for people who are uh, seasoned practitioners, there's a lot of great stuff in there. But also, if this is the first witchcraft book or magic book that someone gets their hands on, they're doing great. So we love it. Oh, thank you so much. And it makes me so happy in my soul, Natasha. (laughs) Your child has stolen it from you. Yeah, it's really enhancing their life. That is for sure. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got into it? And yeah, the like origin story of the book? Um, Well, I wrote it in the first lockdown in 2020. So um, when COVID kind of took over the world. So in my day job, I'm um, a teacher in an autism specific SEL. And so because a lot of our pupils have other diagnoses, which makes them vulnerable, you know, we closed the school and there was a lot of remote learning. So I had a lot of time on my hand. And you'd think that having lots of time would make having, you know, having your witchcraft practice so much easier. You know, you've got all of this free time. But I found it quite a struggle, actually, because, um, you know, we all have our own daily routines and everything. And when all of that goes out of the window, you kind of just left. Well, I find I was floundering a little bit. Normally my day um, is quite regimented. I do things at a set time, you know. And so yeah, I yeah. Great at first, quite liberating. But then, you know, after the first week of enjoying it, it can kind of stretch on. And so the inspiration really for the book was my own inspiration of trying to get back into maintaining a daily practice. Ah, that's a great, I mean, no wonder they love it so much because I feel like, well, actually they also are, um, have autism too. So, um, that's, so that's interesting, but yeah, just this, I love that the inspiration coming from that, I don't know, there's something about that. It's like, oh yeah, 
it helps to create that routine so much better when it's coming from that place of authenticity, not just like, I'm just going to write out a bunch of spells, but like, I need this to help create my structure again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people can tell when, you know, if you find a book and it's just a load of random spells, I think people can tell. And, you know, yeah. Um, well, so um, I love how you talk about how you have, um, how you practice a mixture of British witchcraft and op- Obi. Um, you said you're, oh, did I pronounce it incorrectly? Well, different places pronounce it in different ways. So um, my family come from Jamaica, so I've always pronounced it as Obia. Obia. Okay. Um, so you, and you said, yeah, yeah. Your father came from Jamaica and that you have the power to choose your own magic, which I really like, like finding your own way, finding the, the practices that work for you. And so your, um, combination of, um, of these two practices, can you talk a little bit about how that manifests for you? Yeah, because I always find it quite interesting, you know, for a long time. So my family come from Jamaica, well, my dad's on the dad's side, um, but I'm born and raised in the middle of England, like Robin Hood County, Nottingham, Nottinghamshire, you know. Oh, that um, sounds like a made up place. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Hood. <laughs> um, but I live about 20 miles outside of the city in a little rural town. Um And so growing up, you know, I think a lot of people from around my generation growing up, we didn't have internet at home. So you had your own little library. So when you start to kind of get interested in something and you're not quite sure what it is. So you go down to your local library and you have a look in their, um, I don't know, their spiritual section books or whatever it's headed. Um, And, you know, there's lots of books about Wicca and paganism. And so that's where I started and I think many people started like that and you know it's a I always say it's a journey you know um and so from there I explored many different things many different practices and kind of traditional British witchcraft almost like folk magic-y um that kind of stuff I don't know I like all kinds of magic but that was what really I felt drawn to at the time so then I practiced, started doing my own thing for a long time. And then I just always felt that there was something missing, like some other part of myself. Mm-hmm. And so then I started to explore um, different um, traditions from the diaspora. And then I was talking to um, some people in my family and, you know, we got onto a beer and that's kind of how I kind of looking in, started looking into that. But then I found whichever one I was looking at, whether it was like the British or European side or the Jamaican or African side, I always felt a kind of conflict, like if I was concentrating on one side, I was ignoring the other mm. because they were both important parts of myself. And so I just decided, you know what? I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have you to choose. Yeah. Make your own way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. How old were you when you first, like, when you first started exploring all of it? Um, so very, I can remember my mum bought me, well, it was from the library. It was my first um, book on witchcraft at all. And I, I only remembered the author just recently, but it's gone again. I'll have to find it. Um, but it was called, I think it was called um, Where to Park Your Broomstick or something. Mm. Like that. Oh, that's cute. Okay, came that teenagers and I think I was around 12 13 maybe at the time Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) I love that 
So um, I really like when you talked about the elements and the emotions, because you were saying that um, like the general wisdom is to do a spell when you have neutral emotions. And mm. then you were like, but, you know, let's be honest. This is not usually what we're where we where we're at when we're doing magic. But yeah. then you align the different elements with different emotional states. And I thought that was really cool. The idea of letting that be a way of aligning. Cause I do feel like when you work ritual, natural magic in general, such a big part of it is your awareness of your interconnection with the elements and with nature and with the land. So to, and, and emotions are so powerful, allowing them to. So maybe could you talk a little bit about that, how that looks for you? Like you sit down to do a ritual and then you tune into a, a certain element in alignment with your emotions. Just maybe give our listeners an idea of how that might look. Yeah, so for me personally, so when I'm doing a ritual, you know, and I think you touched on it just there, when we, a lot of the time when we do spell work, when we go to it for a particular reason, it's because we're feeling a particular way, yeah. you know, and it, my work with, um, in my day job, working with children with autism, you learn a lot about emotions and how they affect the body you know, um, in many ways that we don't normally realize in our day-to-day -day lives. And, you know, they, they can often build up into different ways. And so using emotions in our spell work is, can be really powerful, but it can also um, be quite, I don't know, if, we, if we're not in control of them in that moment of doing that magic. So we need them to power that magic. And so this is where I use the elements then to kind of bring the emotion into it in more of a calm way that I feel I'm in control. Mm. Like a balanced way, almost like a grounded, integrated way. Yeah. 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 Mm, yeah. I love and then that way I can, I can still call on the power of those emotions. But in that moment, um, it's concentrated in that element. And, and so that's where... I don't know. That's where I feel the power can come from, from using that. I image. love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> so what, can you give an example of like, what would that look like? Can you think of? Yeah. So for example, if you are turning to spell work because, um, I don't know, maybe you want to not necessarily take revenge, but maybe someone's done something and you might not want to punish them as such, but you might want to see that justice is served in you know whatever way um and you've got those feelings of anger maybe i don't know if someone's hurt someone who you love or care about and you've got those feelings of anger that can overwhelm you and you know if you look at in the media and in history we can see like crimes of passion you know right that feeling can really push people over the edge and so when we bring that into spell work it's a very powerful emotion and feeling but if we're not careful in that moment it can bring about perhaps um Things that were, you know, because I always feel like spell work is almost a science in that um, you you add different parts of different things to bring about an end result. And mm -hmm. it's about balance. And so if you're coming with that energy that is really powerful but unbalanced, then it can kind of, I don't know, sometimes it can have harmful effects for us, not right. for the intended. So what would you do? Like bring in fire to help burn it off or water to cool yeah, it yeah, off? Or fire. Like um, so part of my practice in Obia is there's lots of different spiritual baths and there's, a, there's almost a hot spiritual bath that you can take. Oh. Um, 
And so that's one way, for example, but there's lots of other ways you can use um, the act of bathing, for example, you can mm-hmm. use water, which is linked to emotions to kind of calm that passion in the moment. But then the, the act of calming that passion is really to, um, oh, what's the word, to distill it almost. You but know, like so unite not- it, it seems like unite it with an element, with yeah. the elemental aspect of it. So it's like in the world, not just in you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love, yeah. I know I that's like it. I- it's interesting how you, you, that example you chose perfectly described a very bad mistake I made one time in magic. That was, wow. <laughs> it did not have great effects for me. It's normally for us, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It didn't, it was, it was like doing a bad spell on myself. Um, yeah. yeah. So, which, yeah. So, um, I love that. So now I also wanted to ask you, I love the part in your book when you talk about your, um, the practice you recommend for learning tarot, it seems like the perfect practice for learning tarot, which is, uh, to set aside 20 minutes a day, spend some time with a card one or two at the most yeah. gaze at it. I mean, you want to tell our listeners the rest, because I think if you're listening and you want to learn tarot, you want to go more deeply into tarot, this would be a great idea to do this practice. Yeah. And it's one I did myself. It's how I learned. So, um, <laughs> and the tarot is one of those things, you know, I think sometimes it either calls to you or it doesn't. And even if it calls to you, learning it can be, oh, you want to learn it, but then after a while, it can seem so hard. And yeah. you know, and if you're just reading the book, sometimes it doesn't really mean a lot to you. Yeah. Um, or you know it, you're disheartened and you know you, your cards are in a drawer somewhere. Um, so this method is really easy to use. And it might sound like it will take a long time because there's obviously you know lots of cards in the tarot um, doing it one or two cards a day. But actually that time will soon pass and before you know it, you've done it. And that time will pass anyway, whether you do it or not. So yeah. you might. <laughs> um, so you take, and I like to start with the major arcana and go through it numbered. Um, and then with each of the um, different suits. And so you take one or two cards a day. Now, um, keep hold of the little book that comes with your deck. Um, and you just look at the cards. You spend a couple of minutes just letting your gaze just look over it taking note of the colors, the images, um, everything that you can see. And then you kind of turn the card over, make a little list of the things that you can remember, the things that stuck out to you for whatever reason. And then you go back to the card and see if there was anything you missed. Um, and then you kind of look at each element and see what it means to you if it feels important. So if a card seems like it's got lots of bright colors on, what does that mean to you? Does it make you feel happy? Um, what do the images show? What do you think of the images? That kind of thing. And so we really break it down into each little element and what you think it means to you. And then I advise people to go back to their books and have a read through of the card description. And more often than not, I think people are surprised to find that it matches up. But because you've kind of taken that time to study that card and to kind of look at the elements that are meaningful and that stand out to you, I just feel it's a better way of learning, a more intuitive way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I feel like tarot so often can be a practice of giving our power away. Like, Oh God, what are the cards saying for me? Like, what is this? But it really is such an amazing tool for that. 
connection with self. And it's, it's almost the way you're describing it reminds me of dream work. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you'll remember a dream and like, well, what's sticking out for me? What does that feel like to me? What does that mean to me? And it can feel like, well, I don't know, this is just jumbled mess. But then when you go back to it, it's like, oh, whoa, actually this is, does mean something for me like later in the day, or it'll just come to you. And I love using the tarot that way it's so it's so empowering yeah and I love it because it's a meditation too so that that practice would be meditative if you want to do a meditation practice every day and in general that is I feel like this is what something that helps us with our intuition and our power in general is not just with tarot but like if you see a fox three days in a row first start with well what if i knew what that what that visitation was trying to tell me what would it be like what energy do i get what does it feel like when i see the fox what message if i had to guess what would i guess you know before you just go google it that's to me such an important part of our practice as um, magical practitioners or just a key, you know, instead of right away. Cause we do, I mean, nowadays we have all the information we could possibly need usually at our fingertips. So it is kind of like, let me just go Google it or look it up in the tarot book. But if we first start, then we have this deeper relationship with the natural ourselves. world, with the tarot, yeah. with our dreams, with ourselves. Yeah, exactly. That's I it. mean, I, I everything is for me. So yeah. What's that? <laughs> everything all of those different parts are linked so yeah all of the exactly. areas of magic yeah are linked. Um, yeah I'm glad you connected. said that because it does feel like I don't know like we can lose sight of that of how we are so linked like I'm just looking outside my window and there's a crow and like I just thought okay what would I think if what does that mean to me? You know? And like, I tuned into it and it felt like, oh, freedom. But like, I bet if I, cause I just felt like flight, like freedom. But if I were to look it up, I'd probably see a lot of things about crows, you know, that, I mean, they're really (laughs) smart. I mean, there's a lot of information there, but really we have so much at our fingertips about what, uh, where our life is going, helping us with our life, just from our impulses and listening to our own intuition. And that's been so dismissed, I feel like from our society for so long, but it's all there. I feel like I sound like I'm high, but (laughs) you don't, you make perfect sense. And it is all there. And I find, you know, when you're on your journey and you start, it's almost like you go down the rabbit hole and sometimes it can, and I always say to people, you should just enjoy the journey because nobody really knows that everybody's path is always constantly changing. Yes. Um, And so you should just go with it and explore. It doesn't matter if you're not going to stay with something for a long time, or if you just kind of grow and you decide it's not for you. I think taking back that self-agency is a part of realizing that everything is linked. So this morning, um, I got up really early and my, me and my partner, we went for a walk in our local woods and, you know, just across the way, just as we were getting out of the car, there were like a load of deer, just uh, like a little patch of willow. And that was really nice to see. You're just standing there watching it and, you know, spring has sprung and it was like one of those misty mornings where you know it's going to clear and the sun's going to be like glorious. Uh, and it's just those little moments like that that kind of remind you that everything is connected and that your own feelings and associations and connections to that land and that space are perhaps more relevant than Googling, um, you know. Yeah, 
some some it, meaning that someone else got from it. Yes. And it's yes. the full body experience. It, and it's not, it goes beyond words. I think that's part of the Google thing. The Google era is like <laughs> over focus on words. Let me read some words about what this is about instead of like the magical practice, which is being in full body, full energy relationship with nature and imagery and yourself and your body and yeah it's not just the google era i mean this is it's i feel like it's tied to capitalism and the patriarchy of that because it's all about being cut off from it's just like what can i get or i need that and from where is that and being not used to just being still in the moment because we're so used to having to be productive you know every minute is accounted for so you know when i was talking about the inspiration for the book at the beginning and i had all of that free time in lockdown and it kind of blew my mind a little bit because normally my day was very regimented yeah same kind of feeling so it can be a little bit overwhelming and so that was really the point of the book is to and the fact that you go on these journeys so you know I went to the woods this morning but it's not always the woods sometimes it's just a walk around the street where I live or the town you know it doesn't always have to be you know those lovely wild spaces it's nice yeah Yeah. you know yeah it's connecting to the south um and so all of those experiences are a way of developing an actual physical practice you know, with an emphasis on doing something. It's a way of doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I feel like I've said I love that like 5,000 times. <laughs> I am curious. What is your sun, moon, and rising? Oh, yeah. We need to know. Oh, well, I'll have to. Do you know what? I must have a confession. You um, don't know? <laughs> astrology. I have my podcast friend, Jessica, who does all of that for me. We're kind of a tag team. I'll hit her up with um, astrology things and I'll send her plant stuff in return. <laughs> I'll ask one, do you know what your son, what you, your just regular your sign? sign? Uh, Libra. Libra. Oh, okay. Well, it's very easy to find out, Emma. You just have to put it in. This is where Google will help you. You just look up astrology chart, put your date of birth and your time. I do your location. do that as well, but for some reason, it just doesn't stick in it. my mind. Plans yeah, I get it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that ha- that's how that. I am with the houses. I don't, I they don't stick in my mind for some reason. Okay. Well, that's why we have green ones, right? <laughs> That's why we have what? Grimoires. Oh, right. <laughs> yep. So I also want to ask you about a, a form of divination you talk about in your book that I have never done, and it is shell casting. Can you oh, tell us about wow. shell casting? Yes, yes. Um, so I do shell casting as part of my beer practice. And traditionally it uses cowrie shells, which is little white shells, but I tend to say you can use any kind of shell. So I like to, if you're going on holiday and you're walking along the beach and you make a nice little collection of, if you want to use those, I suggest using those instead of something you purchase over the internet because they're just more meaningful. Mm -hmm. But shell casting is just a a form of divination. So you kind of cast the shells, um, which is just to gently release them over a certain area. And you just interpret how they fall. So both how they land. So with the cowrie shells, I have a, I say they either land face up or face down. So I'll interpret that and then how they um, have fallen in relation to one another. I use the elements um, when I'm shell casting. So I use And you have a mat, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't personally use my mat anymore, but when I'm shell 
in my mind's eye, I'm seeing that that pattern that's on my map, you know. And the pattern is is it's the elements or the direction? Yes, yeah, so it's two circles. So it's one circle inside of a larger circle, and then um, the circles are intersected by um, the cardinal points. Oh, okay. The cardinal points is associated with one of the elements. Um, and how many shells? Well, it depends. So if you're beginning, I have to say, you know, you can get a lot of information just with two shells. So oh. um, in my current OBA group, so I run um, a program where I teach a, a small number of people about OBA. And um, when, when we're teaching I, a, a shell casting, we start with two shells because you just need to get used to interpreting how they land. Um, mm. There's a lot of information you can gain from just two shells. Um, but if I'm doing a reading for someone, it can kind of depend on the depth that that person wants. Generally, it's about five or six shells. It can be up to 10 if it's quite an in-depth reading. Though. This is fascinating. I could imagine this being s- such a powerful way to access your intuition, to merge with, you know, what's coming through for you based on what you, because that, that's how I feel about tarot also, is that it's yeah. like you're seeing it and then it's a window into your own inner knowing and intuition it's like they work together exactly how I explain it as well Mm and whenever I do um, readings at shows or wherever um, generally people come because it's something different you know Mm -hmm. Um, especially if they're new to witchcraft or maybe they're not even interested in witchcraft they just heard of tarot and they want their card read and generally people don't have a question or they'll just say, tell me what's in my future. But actually when we work with tarot and it's the same for the shells as well, when we're doing it for a client, oftentimes it's not fortune telling or seeing what's going to happen in the future. It's a lot of work on a personal path and practice. And we use the shells for guidance or to kind of consult, to kind of help, you know, determine the actions we're going to take. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So is that, do you feel like we're out of time now, Natasha? Yeah, we probably okay. should, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, it has been so great to talk to you, and I loved meeting you, and thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show. Oh, oh can thank you, you so much. Tell everyone where they can find you. They can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Emma Catherine Wild Witch or Wild Witchcraft. Um, and you can also find me on TikTok. I'm a bit new to TikTok. And that's oh, Emma fun. Catherine a Woman. <laughs> oh, say that again. Emma Catherine a Woman. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I want to, I'm starting to go on there. So I will look for you on there. And you I have know, other, a bit of a <laughs> Me too. You, uh, and you have other books as well. So look them up. It's, Um, So thank you again, Emma. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Okay. We um, recorded this after we recorded our whole show, so we don't know what happened. What happened? Somebody tell us. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I'm sure we loved it. Um, Okay. I feel like I've been talking a lot this episode, but here I we mean are. that's what you do on podcasts. Yeah, I feel like you've said Kinda that to need me to before. Talk. Yeah, I guess so. Um. Okay. Well, now it's time for the energy report. Okay, here we are with the energy report. Okay, I gotta <laughs> tell you, I. I th- feel like I've said this before, but since I've been writing these down for Mind Body Green, 
And it's the same report so far anyway. I don't know if this week will be different. No. I mean, it's always the same general report. I'm going to keep going, even though I want to correct that again. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It is the same. Okay. But somehow it's like connecting me to the energies even more in some way. It's like, well, like I've really been feeling it. But this week, so this is how it feels to me. We start off the week and it does feel like this Aries energy. So Aries is the initiator of the zodiac. It's the first sign of the um, zodiac wheel. Is that what it is? A wheel chart? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, th- I'm really feeling this in the energy. It's like, whoa, what happened? Let's go. What? I just mm-hmm. woke up. Open the doors. <laughs> 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 Open the windows. That I got to get out of here. Aries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going. We're going. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> and, and it is good. Like, it's enjoyable. The only thing is, it could be a little bit impulsive. And mm-hmm. I swear, this is what I'm feeling, the energy. I'm not, I'm not an astrologer, so I'm not reading the astrology energy, but it does align with that. Um, and then what I notice happening maybe midweek is some funkiness gets in a little bit, like sort of that feeling when you dive into something and then you realize like, wait a minute, should I have thought about a couple things before I did this? Like, should I maybe plan this out? But what this feels like to me is more of like, almost like an imposter energy, uh, imposter syndrome situation, or like it's old stuff. It's not necessarily something you need to actually consider in terms of it being real. Maybe you do. But to me, it feels more like old patterning again. Like, okay, I just was ready to go. And then there's this part of you that's coming up that's like, but were you really ready to go? Mm-hmm. Or did you really have everything in place? Are you really okay? I don't know. Maybe you're not okay, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like all of that stuff is looks like it could be coming up. And so it is important to look at in terms of like what we talked about before. Yeah, so you need to be feeling your feelings about it maybe. Like, oh, that, or, or just have empathy. Like, yeah, it's hard to feel that way, like I was talking about before. Um, and I do just want to say, like, maybe for some people they did dive into impulsively, and it and that part may have some, some, like, um, real things to be heard out about. But if it's caged and cased in, like, but you're not good enough, look at that, then that part. You just need to give empathy to and love on and so it feels safe because that's just a way to stop you from maybe being out in the world. Now, the part where I was saying it reminded me of what you said before about not wanting, like, you don't deserve to be here. Is that what you said? Or like, Oh, the belief that was I shouldn't have been born. Oh, right. That you shouldn't have been born. So one thing that has been such a theme and it does feel like this is part of the energy that might be coming up after you, like, dive out into the world is this thing around um, what kind of attention did you get growing up when you did initiate things or put yourself out there or come out and say like, oh, I'm going to like, look at my drawing. Like what kind of, how were you received? Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I'm seeing in terms of this energy is energy around like either kind of not being received at all. Like why are you even 
Like, okay. And so it feels like, well, maybe I shouldn't even be here. Maybe I shouldn't. Mm. Like, why am I even? Like, for me, it feels like an emptiness. Like, uh, why? Yeah, like I don't belong here. People don't want me here. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or it might be more aggressive. Or, you know, whatever is underneath that thing of what comes up for you. Again, when you're like, here I am, world. How did that look like? growing up and then work on finding ways to heal that if that's the thing that's coming up for you yeah so um, yeah I can see how Aries energy would help that because it is like yes I mean it reminds me of creating something like sitting down and creating because you do have like there is an inner critic but you need to bypass it but then the Aries can help you do it anyway but then if those feelings do come up then yeah look at them what are they does that have to be true doing I have been thinking about this lately actually like the ways that I do feel like like oh how are people seeing me Mm -hmm. what do do people where it's like I mean what I've been thinking about is who cares anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like what if I just and myself and I just stop feeling like I need to apologize or be have some idea of what it looks like you know well that just, reminds me of my hyper vigilant part it's like well what is this person going to do what is that yeah. for? and it just need oh yeah you're worried about that uh-huh. that sucks to have to worry about that and, and I'm here that stuff like like what how you were like oh I had that I didn't even realize it some of sometimes we mistake it for truth yes like this idea of like oh, people think I'm not that smart or people think I'm this or that. And it's like, you, 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 maybe you've thought it for so long that you haven't ever like questioned its validity and there may not be any or probably it, some, not. sometimes with our um, self-image, it is like you really can't ever know. That's That's kind of what I've been thinking about too. It's like, I can't ever really know how anyone is really perceiving me or thinking about me. So why would I spend so much thought power on yeah and also the truth is yeah because whatever you're perceiving in them is really what you're feeling about yourself anyway and whatever you perceive about other people is a reflection of what you feel about yourself anyway you know like I I feel like it's also my age though too like just kind of I mean not that you can't have this feeling at any age but for me I think just getting older and really realizing like oh yeah you get older and then you have less time <laughs> left yeah, yeah. It's like that I start though, to be like yeah really that is that really what I want to spend my time and energy on is worrying about what other people are thinking of me like I don't yeah know why I would do that well it's funny you say that because I remember actually my mom is prevalent in the show I remember her being like that I'm too old to care about what people think of me uh, <laughs> but the thing is like I do and think it can be an empowered way to think that and she did feel empowered by maybe, it I guess yeah, maybe it was empowering but what I do feel like is you do naturally come to a certain age where it's like what the fuck am I wasting my time on here uh-huh. and there was a part in place of you, like I believe an inner child part that's been in place for so, not just you, everybody that's uh-huh. for so long that's been in charge of this. And I personally believe you can't bypass that part just by being like, I don't care anymore. I right. personally feel like you need to make contact with that part to be like, oh, my God, you've been holding up this space for so long. I lo- thank you. And I let's find another use or like do something else because I don't this is exhausting. And you know what? That part inner child is exhausted. That's exhausting uh-huh. having to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, I forget where I was with this, but um 
there was something else I was going to say, but who knows? And why did you say that? Maybe it'll help me get there. Mm. I don't know. Oh, the, the worrying about what people think. Anyway, so this is what I <laughs> am suggesting is... Um, not to promote both of us, but if you want to get help with it, with the clearing, Akasha clearing, or seeing me to help de-energize a bunch of pictures and make, um, you know, come feeling more fully integrated, today, this week's a great week for that, actually. And I don't usually say oh, that, so I'm not just... But, um, by the way, when I hear other people talk about what they do, they never excuse it. Like, I'm always worried that people are... I'm going to think I'm like, you should come to me all the time. You need me. And I do not feel that way. Mm -mm. I really And don't. also, though, but it is also true that if you do schedule with Natasha, you will not be sorry. <laughs> and it will be a great choice for you to, great life choice for you to make. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but so, and same with you, of course. But what I do want to say is, okay, so otherwise, just doing everything we talked about, being aware of that, if that's coming up. And I'm glad you mentioned the Aries energy finally back to where I wanted to be. Embracing your joy is a good way to counteract that as well. To oh, be like, right. okay, the fun. yes, embracing yeah. like, okay, yeah, I know you feel that way. And I love you. And look at how much fun we're having. Like, look at the things that bring you joy. Follow those impulses, follow those bangs, follow those intuitive hits where you're like, I just want to go do this thing. Yeah, go mm -hmm. do it. Like expanding more. I'll say it again. I feel like this has been such a theme for the last couple of months that the more you know yourself through joy, like when you follow those joyful impulses, you're knowing yourself more beyond the programming, but beyond all of that stuff that your inner child unfortunately has believed and all your parts of belief, like whatever that was, you can find, you can break through it by doing the things that your heart is telling you to do. Yeah, that is such a beautiful part of Aries energy, too, is busting through blocks and, yes. and being like, well, why can't I do that? Yeah. I'll figure it out. If, even if I don't know how I will right now, I'll just do it. I'll yeah. start and we'll and I'll figure it out. <laughs> I have very strong Aries energy in my chart. Um, my Mars is in Aries. And this is one thing that Brett and I often like most with a lot of things I'm like well, let's just do it right now and he's like but I haven't <laughs> I'm like so let's just do it if it doesn't and there is a lot of there's a lot of um good with that there and there's is. also good with planning I'm not saying that it's not necessary though. yeah no but there can be blessings in that for sure yeah so that is I guess what it is is following your joy and then also like just honoring where you are honoring those parts that may feel like but can we really do this i don't know mm -hmm. okay okay well now it's time for practical magic so this week everyone it's my favorite time oh. and that is time to clean your house oh <laughs> i thought i was like what because i thought your favorite time was it's october fall. yeah well yeah in the southern hemisphere i have i have more than one favorite time but oh, this okay. is a really great time whether you're in the northern or southern because i actually also like fall cleaning i know many people also have that inclination but we just had that equinox in both hemispheres whether it was spring or fall and the full 
moon was last week. So the moon is waning. So time to clear some energy. And of Mm. course, this can support what Natasha was talking about too, letting go of things that are standing in your way, creating the space for joy. So clean and use that Aries energy. Like we're just going to do it. We're just going to clean. Go for it. And clean how you feel guided, clear clutter. You can also clear the space. Maybe uh, cleanse with some smoke, sage smoke, or sweet grass smoke. Be careful with fire safety, of course. Um, incense. You could also mist the space with rose water, maybe with a little geranium essential oil in it. That's a real nice cleansing mist. Mm. Maybe, or rose water with lemon essential oil. Another geranium idea. is also good for your um, face. Mm, okay. It's also, I think it also balances hormones naturally, oh. the scent. But yeah, I want to get some rose water and geranium. I was just thinking about that yesterday. That feels right. Um, Is that to clear? Wait, did you say rose water and geranium for cleaning? I was thinking actually rose geranium essential oil. So a few drops of rose geranium essential oil in a mister of rose water. And then mist the space. You can also mist yourself with it to cleanse your own energy and energize. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. You could open your front door and mist the threshold. Invite yeah, open in blessings. The, open the front door as you're running out of it to do what you want to do this week. And <laughs> yeah. Then, to, and mist yourself while you do it. <laughs> to make all your dreams come true and accomplish everything you want to accomplish. <laughs> um, but you can also sweep your doorstep. This is a wonderful magical practice. Just sweep your doorstep with the intention of creating the space for blessings to flow. So all of this with intention. When you clean, clean with the intention to create space, to let go of blocks. When you clear the space, you can also set intentions. Once you clear the space, you have like a blank slate energetically where you can call in the qualities you want to call in, like abundance, love, harmony, focus, motivation, You can do that also with a sphere of light, like envision Mm. a sphere of light encompassing your home and then rotate it it sort of slightly clockwise because that will lock in the energy. Mm. Okay. Okay. So that's practical magic. Pretty simple this week. Great. Um, I feel like we've already said all the things as far as where to find us pretty much, but you can also find us Magic Monday podcast at Instagram. On Instagram. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, before we read our our cards for the week, just wanted to say that. And Magic Monday Podcast listeners on Facebook and Magic Monday Podcast on Facebook. Magic Monday Podcast. And where can we find you? Oh, well, yeah, that's what I meant. I already said, but Highest oh, you already Light said Healing. That? I mean, before, okay. during the regular oh. promotion, Highest Light Healing and on Instagram at Highest Light Healing. And you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com and find a bunch of free rituals, guided meditations, all kinds of fun stuff on there. And you can also schedule appointments with me there. And <clears throat> Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author, Instagram at Tess Whitehurst, or at Tess4444, and uh, YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. It's pretty cute because right now I have two cats sitting behind the computer. Oh, who are they? Helena and Ernesto. Ah, I just realized. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm gonna post a pic on Magic yeah. Monday podcast Instagram. Do it at some point. Um. Okay. So this week I picked from the Crystal Spirits Oracle, um, by Colette Baron Reed, and I picked Kyanite. 
Oh, oh, I love Kyanite. So that is resolving disputes, diplomacy, restoring harmony, mending fences, and building bridges. So I'll just read this part. <clears throat> it says, Kyanite Spirit's message is that now is an excellent time for fixing those sour notes that have appeared, resolving any disputes and healing any rifts for the good of all. Although we each lose our own ways, we can learn as much we can learn so much and gain tremendous support when we let go of our rigid my way or the highway attitude, recognizing we are all imperfect, looking um, for our commonalities can steady us when we're feeling a bit shaky. Um, we are all imperfect, but love and commitment to fairness helps us heal ourselves and our relationships. So what I would say is, um, although there's a prosperity message, the universe wants us to prosper and Kyanite spirit is here to remind you that smoothing over risks and restoring balance in yourself leads to greater wealth for everybody. So to me, that feels like smoothing over the rifts feels like that energy I was talking about in terms of like, okay, here it is. And wait a minute, here's some, here's some bumpiness. What do I want to do with that? Okay. Let me embrace it. Love it. See what needs to be done. And have like combining that light filled energy with that kyanite. I mean, I'm hearing it and thinking of my relationship with my parents, mm. like the way in how that, like finding some kind of peace and forgiveness that feels real in a yeah. way that relates to me feeling just more at peace personally you know yeah well it also reminds me i d was hesitant to say this because of the spiritual bypassy element but it also reminds me of um that idea of like oh right we're all here messing up like you were saying you yes. were the bad mom at one point and then she right. was the bad mom like we all have these things and can we see it from a higher perspective and right. give that love exactly it's interesting because well yeah, that's a whole other story. Okay, <laughs> so I drew, <laughs> I, do I drew it, Jasmine from the um, Magic of Flowers oh, Oracle, wow. which is be sensual. So she is the the woman in the images smelling jasmine, and the scent of jasmine to me it does just really get you into your body. It's a prosperous scent. It's a sensual scent, and so it's it's the energy of joy too. It's like really letting yourself enjoy the beauty of life and I think be carried along by joy yeah you know that is very aligned with this week and um I feel bad because I completely forgot to mention this but we'll put it in the show notes um that I am part of again the wild ones oh, yeah. virtual retreat and it actually starts Tuesday the 22nd and it does go for 10 days and mine is I believe March 31st. So I'll actually mention it again next week, but we'll put it in the show notes. It's totally free. Um, and there's so many people actually, Britain's going to be on it for, we have had a couple of people from the show, the, um, Megan Fry healing wave hypnosis cool. and Jonathan. So there's a lot of, um, yeah, great people. So we'll put it in the show notes. That sounds awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you everybody. See you next time. Whoa, what happened? Let's go. What? I just woke up. Open the door.